today on the Daily Gator Daily Thoughts. No laundry, no peace for AOC constituents. A circuit court rules for the good guys for once. The president of Chico State University is going full in on anti-racism. Hunter Biden's going to be giving speeches at college campuses. And yeah, the hack who uh, lied and slandered American came up with the 1619 Project for Absolute BS. She's got a plum job now at the University of North Carolina. Uh, here we go again, folks. Here we go again. Plus more Micaiah Bryant news. And here we go, folks. Another edition of the Daily Gator Daily Thought after taking a couple days off to rest my voice. I'm back. And it's a sad story, really a, a, a tragic story. I, I didn't understand how much hell college student wokesters had really had to go through just to try to breathe. Uh, story from Ben Zeisloft. It was the Pennsylvania senior campus correspondent for campus reform. Members of Boston University's Young Democratic Socialist of America chapter are doubling down on calls for social justice, defunding cops. Well, what would you think it would be? <clears throat> free abortions for everybody? No. Free is in there, of course, because they're democratic socialists and money grows on trees, they think. No, they're doubling down on calls for free laundry services. That's right. Laundry justice, damn it. Campus Reform, he writes, previously reported that the students began organizing for free laundry services in November, insisting that there is plenty of money in the budget for the university to take this burden off of its student body. It's a burden to do laundry. Now, I have a few times in my life had to use the uh, uh, a laundromat. <clears throat> it's not the most fun time you spend, but it's not that. It ain't that tough. Especially if you go with kind of slow. You use like three or four machines at once and get a lot of stuff done really quick. Uh, but laundry, I mean, come on. It's it's not hard. So why does why do they think they are owed this? You're in Boston University. You could probably afford it. The students argue that the university ought to cover the cost of all laundry services in the interest of aiding less affluent students. 
Um, but what about students that are hungover from drinking too much the night before? I mean, shouldn't they get free laundry? Shouldn't everybody just get free laundry? All of America, free laundry. We won't really reach the promise of the founders until everybody gets free tide or gain and a free washer and dryer and, oh, then, only, only then will we really have equity, equality, and justice in this horrible nation that is America. Shut up, you whiny little bastards. Let's move on to something else. Some good news for a change. Let's move on to the 8th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals has reversed a previous district court decision to grant qualified immunity to individuals at the University of Iowa who violated a student organization's First Amendment rights. Uh, First Amendment. Hmm. The left doesn't like the First Amendment too much when conservatives use it. The group is Business Leaders in Christ, blink, and it is a registered student organization at the University of Iowa founded in 2014 by students at the Tippy College of Business. In 2017, Marcus Miller a student and former member of Blink filed a discrimination complaint with the university and stated that the Blink, uh, actually that Blink denied him a leadership position because he was openly gay. And according to the decision, the this complaint came after Miller expressed interest in taking on a leadership position within the group and told the former president that he was gay during an interview. Members of Blink then expressed concern about Miller not sharing Blink's views on the Bible's sexual conduct teachings. Uh, Constance Shriver Cervantes, who is the University Compliance Coordinator for the Office of Equal Opportunity and Diversity, and Thomas Baker, the former Associate Dean of Students, were tasked with investigating the complaint. The investigation led to the dismantling of the group on the grounds that Blink violated the university's human rights policy and denied Miller a leadership position because he was gay. Following this action, the the, uh, business leaders in Christ filed a lawsuit alleging that the human rights policy violated the group's First Amendment rights. So basically it comes down to this. Do you have a right to associate with whom you want? Yeah, you do. If you're a group and you have leadership positions, you should be able to give it to who you want and not give it to whom you want. Goes To me, that's the First Amendment. It might, not, it might be discrimination. Guess what? Part of the First Amendment gives you the right to discriminate. We discriminate all the time. Who we date, who we are friends with, who we associate with, what businesses we prefer to do business with and prefer not to do business with. The state doesn't get to run every decision we make because we have the First Amendment. And this uh, this group has now won a, uh, won a reversal, and that's good. The Eighth Circuit Courts uh, done good. And again, even if I don't support an action morally, if it's constitutional, then it's worth defending. 
We have to defend things we don't like. We have to defend the right to make speech, write speech, and read things we don't agree with. Same thing, folks. Same thing. Because I am not, just for the record, an overly religious person. You know, people do have kind of different takes. I think sometimes there are some Christians who go overboard in their zealousness on on you know what they what they let their kids listen to or watch. Some people just go a little overboard. Uh, even though I'm a Christian, I can criticize again. First Amendment people. And now to the to the Chico State president. You've never heard of Chico State. Go ahead and admit it, you racist. The Chico State president will lead the university in anti-racist journey after reading a book by a critical race theorist, also known as a bullshit artist. After she read Ibram Kendai's book about anti-racism, the president of Chico State University issued a statement promising additional anti-racist policies. I believe there's a Kill Whitey Day. That's every Wednesday. Um, uh, yeah, Bash America Day and, and all kind of fun stuff. Spit on Cops Day. Until they're defunded and kicked off campus, of course, because cops are all bad. And uh, Burn American Flag Day. That's every Thursday. Uh, that's what's going to come, maybe. I don't know. Again, we go to the night, the uh, very, very entertaining Ben Loft of campus reform for this one. After reading a leading book by a popular proponent of critical race theory, the president of California State University, Chico, issued a statement commending the school to anti-racist actions. In a statement titled, A Lasting Commitment to Being Anti-Racist, Chico State President Gail Hutchinson detail, detailed her insights acquired from reading the How to Be an Anti-Racist by Boston University professor Ibram X. Kendi. Or is it Kendi? Oh, who cares? If you're walking around bashing America, pretending you're a victim of race, pretending racism is everywhere, I don't really give a damn if I pronounce your name right because you're a, nothing but a bottom-feeding, money-grubbing, carnival-barking, race pimp. In a statement <clears throat> titled, again, A Lasting Commitment to Being Anti-Racist, Chico State President Gail uh, Hutchinson said, we have been striving to create a more equitable university for years. Notice how equitable has, is the big word now. Equitable instead of equality. It's moving the goalpost again. This year, we refocused our questions using Ibram X. Kendai's book on how to be an antichrist. Excuse me, an anti-racist. He may be the antichrist. I don't know. Uh, now that we are well into the spring semester, I don't want us to finish this academic year and then retire our book in common to a bookshelf with the satisfaction of a good read. I want us to carry the concepts of racial equity and justice with us always as a reminder and impetus for growth as the anti-racist and progress for institutional change at Chico State. Yeah. Real engaging conversationalist, isn't she? Hutchinson 
found the 18th chapter of the book to be particularly thought-provoking. <clears throat> in other words, it triggered her somehow. It triggered her inner bigot. She quoted a segment declaring that to understand why racism lives is to understand the history of anti-racist failure, why people have failed to create anti-racist societies. That's odd because the United States of America, give you a little hint here, is the least racist multicultural country in the history of mankind. Period. Think of how many races, ethnicities, religions... That includes you atheists. Uh, I mean, sexual orientations, sexual identities. And everyone gets along very, 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 very well on the whole. Except for the few agitators that keep getting attention. I mean, how many racist incidents have you heard about? And then when you hear about them again, if you do, they were fake. They were staged. They were a hoax. America's got so much racism, the left says, yet they have to have to make up racist incidents many times to prove how racist America is. And then the people who commit these hoaxes, they're not shamed. They're not smacked upside the head with a wet noodle. No, they're excused because, well, they just they experience so much racism, they can't help it. Yeah, they can't help it. It's called behavior modification. Look into it. Hutchinson concluded her statement by listing a variety of anti-racist commitments, including striving to increase faculty diversity by 1% per year. Because, again, you can't be anti-racist until you judge people solely on the color of their damn skin. Charging a presidential task force with, with examining existing campus policing and public safety policies and practices. Defund the police. They're all bad. Take their guns away. Don't give them any authority because they're all racists. Because America's racist. And conducting an equity audit to review the university executive memoranda, identify racist policies, and propose modifications for review and consideration, don't you know? Uh, there we go, folks. Same old, same old, same old, same old BS. And just so you know, Kendai's book, uh, in it he contends that becoming an anti-racist requires one to emancipate oneself from the dueling consciousness and recognize that there is no such thing as the American body, only American bodies racialized by power. Yes, I know. I've heard more coherent statements from someone who was fixing to pass out from drinking too many margaritas. Uh, Kendai defines racist as a person who supports supposedly racist systems through actions or inactions. So in other words, if you're a patriotic American, you say the country's good, you, everybody, there's no race to you, you don't give a damn what color the person is you're dating or you're doing business with or hanging out with or being friends with, you don't care about that stuff. You just care about people's behavior and if they're a good friend or not. Yeah, they're a racist. If you're a racist, you're a racist. If anti-racist, you're a racist. Everyone's a racist now. Unless you buy this asshat's book.
Now, let's talk about grades. Remember in school when you were uh, seventh, eighth grade, you you every what every how many weeks, nine weeks, you would get that report card. And I was usually proud of mine. So I, I and I didn't get a lot of rewards for getting A's and B's. I, in mostly A's, I didn't get any reward for that. Uh, when they started to slip a little bit in, in uh, ninth grade, because I was more interested in other things than, than school, you know, chasing girls or pretending I was chasing girls, getting rejected by girls, uh, playing football, you know, Sandlot football and Sandlot baseball and chasing girls and getting rejected by girls. Uh, well, there's a new grading policy at the University of Pittsburgh. It's called a G grading policy, and it's going to allow professors to pass students. Sounds reasonable, right? I mean, you want to, if, if the student does well, the Pitt professor should pass them, certainly, but there's the rest of the story. Students who don't complete coursework by the end of the semester. In other words, they just sit around the dorm and smoke a bong or drink a some kind of cheap wretched beer because it's cheaper whatever dude let's go play some frisbee man i ain't gotta worry about them grades yeah grades are racist man yeah yeah but really if you don't do the work how can you be graded when i was in school that was a zero and a zero that was worse than an f but that was back in the neanderthal days when People held the door for each other, and you called women and men who were your older than you, ma'am and sir, and you know things like that. And you did, you were told by your parents and grandparents, judge people by the way they act and treat you, and you treat others as you want to be treated. Those archaic, evil, capitalistic things, you know. Citing COVID nineteen related stress levels, the University of Pittsburgh will now allow professors to give students a passing grade, even if they didn't finish the required coursework by the end of the term. So why do they even have to, to attend class? Why do they have to pay for the course? Why don't they just sign up for a free course where you just pass? Look, I passed. I passed this course in, uh, in uh, Modern Feminism and Trees. In an announcement to the University of the Pittsburgh Community, Joseph J. McCarthy, the Vice Provost for Undergraduate Studies, said that the university will be modifying the G-grade, which stands for Incomplete for Extenuating Circumstances. In other words, if you're sick, you have surgery, you get hit by a truck or something, uh, you know, you get really stoned, you get lost in the library for three weeks, whatever it could be. To give professors the options to give a student a passing grade, even if they haven't finished the necessary coursework. This new process will allow a fallback grade to be recorded in cases where a student has done enough to achieve a passing grade in a course, but would more like more time to finish uh, some well-defined final assignments. So in other words, you're doing okay in class. You just want to blow the, blow it off. I get some COVID stress, man. I can't make class uh, there, prof. So uh, if you just give me like one of them G grades, man, I rock, man. Good. I'm going to the quad, man. Check out the chicks. Uh, 
maybe the best thing the American people could do right now is stop sending their kids to college. Stop paying these exorbitant fees for courses kids can't take to be taught to hate the, hate the parents, hate America, hate everybody, hate the cops, hate white people, hate people who kind of look kind of white, hate black people who, quote, act white, hate everybody, hate capitalism, because that's what you learn in college now. And it wouldn't take long for the universities to straighten their act up. <laughs> and then there's this, folks. We're just hammering the college stuff today. Hunter Biden will be a guest speaker for a political science class at Tulane University. What's he going to teach the kids? How to lose your laptop? How to smoke crack? How to shoot porn with hookers while smoking crack? And... Where the hell is my laptop again? I don't is that my laptop. I don't know if that's my laptop, dude. I don't know where my laptop is. Where's the, where's where's the crack? Where's my crack pipe? And where's the hookers? And where's the video? I'm gonna do some hooker porn with crack and laptop something. I don't know. I literally this guy is the biggest freaking loser who has no reason to be a loser. But. He's going to help students grow. And it's not like he's going to stand there with a dunce cap on his head, as he should, or a big, wearing a big loser sign, because he is. Of course, the class will study media polarization and fake news. Many outlets have refused to cover Hunter Biden and his foreign ties during the 2020 election. Yeah, that was part of the old media doesn't want Trump reelected movement. According to an email sent by Lee Butler, the executive secretary for interdisciplinary programs at Tulane University, obtained by Campus Reform, uh, media polarization and public policy impacts will host Hunter Biden, who is the son of Joe Biden, uh, who's wearing a mask now even though he's separated from everyone else, for a guest lecture alongside with other prominent political figures and pundits in the fall of 2021. America's advancing partisan divide is fueled substantially by the growing political polarization increasingly evident in our news media. That's from the course description. This course will explore the current state of the media landscape in the United States and how media polarization, fake news, and the economics of the news business impact public policymaking in Washington, D.C. And who knows more about all that than Hunter Biden? I wonder if they're going to pay him money or just give him some crack. And I've got an idea. How about a laptop that has a homing device so... Hunter can't lose this laptop or leave it at a repair shop he can't remember. Oh, good Lord. Why do we allow these people to teach? Have anything to do with the educational process? Well, yeah, his last name, exactly right. And he's an idiot. And let's face it, that's what colleges want to turn out now is idiots who will vote for idiots like Hunter Biden's father, Joe Biden. Joe the job killer. Have you noticed, by the way, how everything's slowly getting more expensive? Fill your tank up with gas, more money, 
You go to the same place you went two months ago, three months ago, but it's costing more. That's good for the economy, by the way. Notice how America went from being energy independent and actually exporting oil, energy, to increasingly being dependent upon foreign oil again. Thanks, Joe. But you're wearing your mask, right? You vote for a fool, people. Look what you get. And then there's this person who should be nowhere near a college or any any home of any educational venture. Nicole Hannah-Jones. If you don't know who Nicole Hannah-Jones is, well, you're just not cool. You're not woke. She is the author of the absolutely debunked and completely fallacious 1619 Project. In a nutshell, it teaches people who are stupid enough to believe it to, to understand that America was founded solely on white supremacy. That's right. Before there was an America, America was, was the land of white supremacy. That's right. Before we ever fought a revolution to win our independence, before we were colonies, in 1619, as soon as the white man set his white foot on the shores of America, by God, it was all about white supremacy, according to Nicole Hannah-Jones. She is joining the University of North Carolina and the, the Hussman School of Journalism and Media. She's going to join the school as a night chair in race and investigative journalism. A night chair. The New York Times journalist, this from uh, Ashley Carnahan, by the way, uh, California senior campus correspondent at Campus Reform. God bless Campus Reform for doing this show for me, basically. Uh, some days you go to a certain blog or website and say, like, man, how am I going to write posts on this? And, and that's good. This information needs to get out. Share these links. Tell people about Campus Reform. Tell people about this podcast. Tell them about thedailygator.com. This is important. How do you win? A debate with the left, you have reason, logic, and facts on your side. You have history on your side. Just use them. And don't ever back down. Don't ever apologize. According to a press release, Hannah Jones will join the school as a night chair in race and investigative journalism. Uh, Karen Renlet who is a journalism director at Knight Foundation, said Hannah Jones is an outstanding addition to this group of leaders. Sure, if you like people who pretend they're historians and lie through their teeth, the Knight's chairs are highly respected news leaders for who bring insights about journalism and support elevating it in the academy. Their work contributes to keeping communities informed and democracy robust. Spoken like a true communist. Uh, Jones's 1619 Project has been widely criticized and debunked. Uh, a bunch of real actual historians debunked it. Even as some historians that aren't conservatives debunked it. For its baseless claim that the American Revolution was primarily motivated by a desire to maintain the institution of slavery. The Times journalist said her courses um, will examine the big 
question about journalism. What is the big question about journalism? Do the anchors wear pants? Hmm, I don't know. And how do they come up with this, this so many ways to distort the news and not report anything really important? How about that? Those are questions I want to know. Also, they will bring the practical experiences and advice of someone who covered daily beats, who had to fight to be in position to do big projects, who can speak to the rigors of academic and accumulated knowledge, but also the practicalities of how you build a career, navigate the industry, and deal with setbacks. Like when there's a long line at Starbucks. Jones went on to say that she spent her entire career trying to mentor young journalists. Yes, we know what you've done your entire career. Uh, you've been a propagandist. I think a little Marxist you are. I try to be for them what I needed when I was trying to make it and become successful. I love Carolina. The university has given me a lot, and I'm grateful for the opportunity to give back by helping students pursue their dreams and learn how to practice the type of journalism that is truly reflective of our multiracial nation. In other words, she's going to get a fat check for doing absolutely nothing, except what she loves is to preach propaganda and anti-American hate and lies to college students. Now, let's talk a little bit about Shannon Sharp, who was perhaps the greatest tight end ever to play in the National Football League. Phenomenally talented guy. Uh, but he is uh, he's about uh, two clicks to the left of stupid. Uh, he got really angry. He makes his living being angry and pretending to be a victim uh, on Fox Sports uh, show uh, that he does with uh, Skip Bayless. Skip Clueless, I call him. Uh, how anybody can watch this show, it just it befuddles me. Uh, it, it's, it's even worse, actually, than Stephen A. Smith screaming every five seconds. His show with Max Kellerman, Maxie Pat Kellerman, who really is, is always in social justice warrior mode and pretends to be so smart, again. But Brett Favre recently said that he... He wishes sports and politics would kind of stay out of the way of each other. Basically, he said, look, if, if I want to watch a game, I want to watch a game. And so many people, most people, most sports fans vehemently agree with him. They're tired of it. Look at the NBA ratings. Look at NFL ratings. I mean, if it wasn't Major League Baseball ratings, all went down drastically and are still down. Uh, last year's playoffs. Stanley Cup playoffs, NHL, they pretty much avoided the whole issue. And man, that was the best. I mean, the Stanley Cup playoffs are the best playoff in all of sports. Period. It's not even close. Um, but you had some great NBA playoffs, some great results, great games, high scoring. I, I mean, I saw the, the scores because it's on the bottom of the, the stroller, uh, the uh, scroller on the bottom of your screen, but I really didn't pay attention because of all the woke BS and the constant. Constant uh, Black Lives Matter BS. Uh, but I watched the Stanley Cup playoffs because the NHL wisely, for the most part, avoided that. So entertaining. So wonderful. I thought the Major League Baseball play, uh, playoffs, what I saw, really I didn't see a lot of it. College football did a good job of it as well. Um, 
I think it could be better because I I don't want the two that intertwined. But Fox Sports host Shannon Sharp, this is according to Mediaite, by the way, thinks something is wrong with Brett Favre. Just one week after declaring he doesn't want politics mixed with sports, Favre weighed in on the Derek Chauvin verdict, saying it's hard to believe that former Minneapolis police officer intentionally killed George Floyd. Now, listen carefully to what he said. He didn't say, I don't believe he did it. He didn't say he shouldn't have been convicted. He didn't say he shouldn't go to prison. He didn't say the former officer was innocent. He just said he found it hard to believe that he did it deliberately. In other words, maliciously. So Sharp got really angry. And he said this on his show for him to say what he said, because Derek Chauvin didn't intentionally do it. George Floyd is just dead, Sharp exclaimed on his uh, to his undisputed co-host Skip Bay- Bayless. Something's wrong with Brett. I mean, there's something wrong. He bumped his head or something. Sharp continued before turning speechless. Oh, if he would only be speechless, he'd be somewhere in, so much more entertaining. He's upset because Favre said what? What, did Farf say he was innocent, not guilty, shouldn't go to... None of those things. He just said it was kind of hard for him to believe that he did it maliciously, intentionally. I find it hard to believe, too. I find it hard to believe many things. Doesn't mean they're not true, but I find it hard to believe. And this is what uh, Farf said. He said, I find it hard to believe, and I'm not defending Derek Chauvin in any way. I find it hard to believe, first of all, that he intentionally meant to kill George Floyd, the former uh, quarterback said. Uh, He has a podcast, Bowling with Favre. Uh, You mean to tell me he didn't intentionally put his knee on the man's neck, Sharp said, in response to Favre's assessment of the verdict. Now, this is where the murder charge didn't come in. And manslaughter did because the man died. You intentionally put your knee on the man's neck. You should have known that act in and of itself could lead to death. Well, shoulda, woulda, coulda doesn't mean he did. I'm not saying he didn't. I don't know. But I'm not going to rip into somebody for expressing an honestly held position. And frankly, Mr. Sharp, if you spend a lot less time being Mr. Butthurt and just be Mr. Sports Guy, you're an entertaining, funny guy. But you got too much social justice warrior in you. You're, you're always looking for outrage. And Sharp reminded the audience, of course, that ignorance of the law is no excuse for breaking the law. Well, the man's going to prison. He was convicted on three counts. He faces, from what I understand, up to 40 years. I don't think he got away with it, Shannon Sharp. So why don't you check yourself? And again, Favre really caught a lot of people's ire because he said he's tired of athletes protesting and he believes in standing for the national anthem and that it would inspire unity. Uh, Sharp had something to say about that as well. Let me tell you how to unify the country. Get rid of racism. Treat everybody equally and people will come together. Well, the fact is, for the most part, people are together. We are a very unified country. Uh, less unified now than we should be. And it's not because of racism, Shannon Sharp. It's because of people like you constantly pushing that mantra and that narrative down our throats. 
as if we're all just a bunch of racists. Nothing's changed since the 1860s or 1950s or whatever. Jim Crow still out there. Police are hunting down black people on the streets. Complete and utter BS. Why don't you stop that rhetoric, Shannon Sharp? And, and one interesting thing, I thought this was hilarious. I believe it was Shannon Sharp as well. Uh, when when Farr first made his comments about he'd rather see sports just be sports. And I bet you about 90% of the sports fans agree with that. But when Farr originally said that, I believe it was Sharp. Don't quote me. But it was some of the leftist tool out here. And what did he say? He said, Favre claims he doesn't like politics and sports. I didn't hear him criticizing J.J. Watt, who's a defensive lineman, uh, was at that time for the Houston Texans. And after one of the hurricanes that hit Houston a few years back, J.J. Watt uh, won the NFL Man of the Year for doing it in large part. He raised millions and millions and millions of dollars for people who were victimized by that horrible hurricane. So Shannon Sharp was saying Favre was a hypocrite because he didn't criticize J.J. Watt for raising money for hurricane victims, Shannon, not all that Sharp, is not political. It's not partisan. That money went to Democrats, Republicans, white, black, all colors of the rainbow. Yet Shannon Sharp, again, if it wasn't Shannon Sharp who said it, I apologize. I do believe it was. Uh, but that's what the left does. No matter what you say, if you are a conservative, and I assume Brett Favre is, they're going to rip you. Understand this, conservatives. Stop kowtowing to them. Stop kowtowing. Stop doing it. Tell them to... Stick it in the, you know, well, you know, where the sun doesn't shine. And we're going to get to that next time. The race baiting of uh, United States uh, representative, Iona Presley, who is uh, one of the most bitter, angry people you will ever see. Uh, I forget at the moment what state is she from. But she is now... Uh, well, I refer to her lovingly, of course, as Dr. Evil, because she has a shaved hip, some condition she has. Uh, but she's, uh, she's famous for saying that black people and brown people and gay people should talk and think like black people, brown people, and gay people. She said during the last election, or before it actually, she didn't want to hear black people saying things that black people shouldn't say, basically. So I call her Massa Ayana because she's more like the slave slave owner mentality. You better shut your mouth unless she approves of what you say. If you're gay, you better sound like a gay person. Supposed to sound like, according to me, Massa Ayana. We'll get to that next time. But there's a more troubling and, I think, important story that this... I can't believe Fox, CNN, no one's covering this. Nobody. You have to go to the website sadanduseless.com. And I just discovered the site today. I'm not really sure all of what's on it, but, but they cover the, the very, very crucial issue of pet chicken owners claiming that they are weird people. 
this piece I'm reading says, we've already covered chicken helmets, T-Rex arms for chickens, and even chickens in tutus. Apparently these are things. Now, I don't know. I don't own a chicken. My granddad used to have chickens. Rooster would uh, wake up at about 5 in the morning every morning. And, yeah, if you got too close and whatever, he would chase you around the yard and try to spur you. He was a mean little bastard. But today, there's a new story. There's a new thing called a, well, you can take your chicken for a walk. Yes, just like your dog. Just like your dog Buster or Butcher, whatever the hell your dog's name is, there's a little stroller. It's a chicken stroller. Because your chicken is, let's face it, he's your baby too, or she. And uh, there's a picture of this on this website. Go to sadanduseless.com slash chicken stroller. Uh, I'm a chicken in a blue, kind of a bright blue cage on uh, with stroller wheels on it. And a chicken sitting in some hay. And there's a, looks like a little water container there. And there's an American flag. So, you know, this is some right winger doing this, of course. In this chicken stroller. And they make other styles and colors. There's some more pictures here. Uh, even one picture of a boy, maybe eight years old or so, with his chicken in the stroller, in the cage. Uh... And apparently this is a big thing because it's got several pictures of, of people doing this. One is, it looks like an actual shopping cart from the grocery store that someone put a, a top on. And again, this one has, oh my God, this woman has a dog, looks like a golden retriever. And she has five chickens as pets. And uh, she's got a stroller for them too. Here's a little girl with a stroller for her chicken. The chicken looks happy. Chicken likes it. So I guess if you want to have a pet chicken, why the hell wouldn't you have a pet stroller for a chicken? A chicken stroller. A troller. Or, a or maybe a stricken. I don't know what you would call it. I don't really care, but it is, uh, it is funny how people treat their pets of all species. And if I could have any pet I wanted, any pet. Any pet. That's tough. Uh, I guess I would have maybe, uh, maybe a bear. Just let him stay in the house. Let someone break in. And when he sees the 800-pound bear, he, he would probably go, oh, dear God, what have I done? Of course, that would be really hell to feed. The neighbors wouldn't like it, and, uh, well, I got a dog now anyway. That's enough for me. One ninety-five pound uh, dog that I don't even know what species he is because people keep saying our species breed he is uh, because every time I, I look for pictures of him or pictures of that breed of dog, it's no, it's a pit bull terrier, no, it's a it's a Staffordshire, no, it's an American Staffordshire terrier. Then I read the description of these dogs and the uh, Dougal weighs ninety-five pounds. He's a hoss, very muscular, you know, very handsome guy. Chicks dig him. They don't dig me so much, but they dig him. Uh, so I'm not sure what breed he is. I'm, I'm sticking with American Staffordshire Terrier because he was a dog wandering in the neighborhood. We took him in. Um, 
and we took him to the vet. The vet said immediately, that's an American Staffordshire Terrier. So I'm not believing that Staffordshire Terriers only get to maybe 60 pounds because Dougal's bigger than that. Maybe he has some, some other blood in him somewhere. Uh, but he's a very sweet, sweet dog. And again, if you got a pet chicken, now you can have a chicken stroller. Just please, please be sensitive. Don't take your chicken strolling past a Popeye's, KFC, or churches, okay? It may trigger your chicken, and uh, they may have some bad, bad health problems. And my friends, that is all I have for today. I got some more percolating for later. And I thank you for listening. Thank you for the patronage. If you want to support the dailygator.com, my blog, Ed Daly's blog, first post, first post is when you hit dailygator.com, and you should every day several times, let's be honest. Click there, PayPal button, do your thing. I appreciate it. If you can't or don't want to, that's fine too. I also take envelopes under the mat on my back door. And if you want to support this podcast, go to uh, anchor.dughagen. And it should have all my episodes there. There's a way you can contribute monthly. Uh, I believe individually as well. Uh, you don't have to give sign up for, for a subscription type thing where they take money out of your, your, your pocket every month. I do appreciate it. Thank you for listening. Remember the three golden rules of life. If you remember these, you will never go wrong, my friends. If you're left, you just ain't right. God bless America. And yes, as always, go Gators. Now I got to go shopping for a chicken stroller. That's right. I'm getting chickens. Y'all take care. <laughs>